Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to The Step Back, the alternative sports commentary podcast. Um, Today I'm going to be talking about um, the NBA Finals and then all these trade rumors that are kind of swirling around the league right now. Um, I think the last episode that I uploaded was just before Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Uh, I predicted the Cavs to win. They did not. Um, and then I was just kind of too, <laughs> I was a little bit too like annoyed at the outcome to do another podcast for a bit. Uh, also, I had to focus on, you know, my life uh, and work um, since I'd been spending a lot of time doing this bullshit um, for the previous week. But, you know, I'm ready to come back and talk about it now. Um, so, yeah, game five, NBA finals. Ah, yeah, the Warriors are really good. They have congratulations to them for having all of the best players except for LeBron. Um, congratulations to Kevin Durant for being really tall and making every shot that he's ever taken. Uh, congratulations to Steve Kerr for looking like Dolph Lundgren's mini me. Um, if you don't know who Dolph Lundgren is, he's uh, he's from he's the actor from Rocky IV, the big Russian dude. Yeah, that's him. Um, let's see what other awards do I have to give out. Shout out to uh, congratulations to Clay Thompson for straight up looking like the the PBS logo when he has his face turned to the camera. I don't know if you've seen that meme, but if you haven't, you should look it up. Um, congratulations to. Andre Iguodala for, I don't even know what, I guess he's a pretty good role player, I won't talk shit about him. Um, congrats to Draymond Green for leeching his stats, only because his teammates are so good, good job bro. I don't, I'm not as convinced that Draymond Green would be nearly as good on another team. Like I think he's good at what he does. I mean, he's a good emotional player, good emotional leader. You know, you stick him on another team, you put him on the Detroit Pistons, he's going to look like a fucking scrub. Um, but anyway, congrats to Steph Curry for the sick handles and for only being relevant because of weak-ass foul calls. In game, I think it was game... I don't remember at this point. Game three or four, Steph Curry shot like 10 or 11 free throws in the first quarter. Like, the NBA has to go back and review some of these rules in the offseason. Like, I'm so sick. I know that Steph Curry is great. I'm not, like, totally challenging that. But, like, I'm so sick of watching him and James Harden just shoot a million free throws. Like, James Harden ain't shit. He doesn't play any defense. You know, that's why you the Rockets didn't do shit in the playoffs. Because, like, you know, the game is called slightly differently in the playoffs. And, like, if you're just, like, a trickster and you know how to bend the rules, that's going to get exposed a lot in the playoffs especially. So, like, that's why you didn't see the Rockets do shit. That's why you didn't see James Harden do shit in the playoffs. 10 or 11 free throws in the first quarter. There was one where, like, Steph Curry pretended... He got fouled, and then he pretended like he was going to... It was at half court that he got fouled, and then he just, like, pretended like he was going to shoot it from half court. And, uh... 
They gave him three free throws. Like, come on. Like, what the fuck? Like, all those little moves, like those little tricks. We got to get rid of some of those, man. Because it really just slows the game down, too, and makes it more boring. Anyway, congratulations and hella shade to the Warriors. Y'all suck because you're so sweet. Um, (laughs) um, But, you know, people... LeBron James has given... In these two finals losses to the Warriors, he has given two of the greatest performances in NBA Finals history. Like, two years ago, when Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were hurt, and he, he still took the Warriors six games by himself and just totally dominated, like, mostly in the post, too, which he's not usually big in the post, you know, but like every possession he would dribble down, back his player down, run the shot clock down, and either kick it out or just like score a layup somehow. And then the motherfucker averaged a triple-double in five games this NBA Finals. That is fucking crazy. And people still want to talk shit. Like, I don't care... If LeBron, in my eyes, LeBron doesn't have to win any more championships in order to be in the conversation with MJ. Like, I don't really care how many more championships he wins. Like, it it more so depends how it happens, whether he gets those championships or not. You know, if he late in his career gets, is on really good teams and he's not even really the leader, then those championships aren't going to count for as much. But these two finals losses his two most recent ones against the warriors yo like what the fuck like those to me are as good as in terms of his legacy of how great he is as a player those losses are as good on his resume as a finals win Really, I think that for, in terms of legacy, if you look at the legacy of Kevin Durant and the legacy of LeBron James, this finals loss for LeBron James is as good, at least as good, as this win is for the legacy of Kevin Durant. I mean, they were neck and neck. I would say that LeBron probably outplayed him. Kevin Durant was just on a better team. That's all it is. So, you know, people want to... I don't give a fuck about the 6-0 and versus 3-5 and in the finals kind of discussion between MJ and LeBron. That's just... People always want to center it around that. And, like, it's such a, like... It is one relevant point, but people act like that's the center of the conversation when it's not. So, anyway, I just wanted to recap a little bit um, on the NBA Finals since I never uploaded another episode. Um... And if you've been paying attention... Oh, I think I did upload another episode. I don't remember if it was before or after the finals, but it was, like, it was, like, super political and, like, it more so had to do with uh, sports players using their platforms. Um, So if you're into that kind of shit, you should go back and listen to that episode. Uh, I don't know how much I'll get into that kind of stuff during this podcast. I'm kind of just winging it a little bit here because I have so much to say since I haven't uploaded in a while. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to recap those finals a little bit. And, uh, you know, it is very directly related to the whirlwind of shit 
that's happening across the NBA right now. So, you know, you could say lots of people say that Kevin Durant kind of ruined this last NBA season by choosing to go to the Warriors. I can't remember who tweeted this, but somebody tweeted, uh, this has never happened before. A player as great as Kevin Durant has never went to a team as good as the Golden State Warriors. So, you know, it kind of stacked the odds in their favor. Everybody knew they were going to win. They ended up going 16-1 and in the fucking playoffs. Are you kidding me? Um, just, like, basically blowing the uh, defending champions out of the gym. Um, so anyway, like, people said that he kind of ruined the season because, like, we all knew what the outcome was going to be, right? And in terms of, uh, in a sense, I agree with that. I also agree with Stephen A. Smith when he says that it's the weakest move by a superstar that he's ever seen in his life. Um, you know, Isaiah, Isaiah Thompson would have never went to uh, the Chicago Bulls, you know, year after losing to them in the playoffs. Wouldn't have happened. You know, not by his own choice. Um, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a punk move to make, right? But anyway, I don't want to get into that discussion. My point is that it's this, it's the impact of that decision is sort of reverberating out now in, in lots of different ways. Um, whereas people were very focused on him ruining the last NBA season, and you know, was it a weak move? Was it a okay move to make? Um, now we're just seeing the repercussions because teams are fucking scrambling. And what you see across the NBA now is teams are either sort of submitting to the idea of, you know, we're so far behind the Warriors. We kind of, there's no way that we can even be in the conversation or like find a way to compete with them in a single year. You know, we got to, you know, clear some cap space, get rid of our players and like, look longer term and like okay maybe we can be competitive in like two three or four years if we play our cards right um and then conversely there's a very small uh, number of teams who feel like they're in a position to compete with them right now like in like in this upcoming season most people are saying that it's only the Cavs who are in position to do that that's bullshit um I think that there are two other teams in each conference that are uh, potentially capable of competing with the Warriors next season. Uh, People are sleeping on the San Antonio Spurs who, you know, if it weren't for injuries, I don't know if I would have even picked the Warriors. I mean, they were up, the Spurs were up in game one against the Warriors by 23 points. And then Kawhi Leonard got hurt. And, of course, they ended up losing that game. They blew it. But not only was Kawhi... Remember, going into that game, Tony Parker was also hurt. So the Spurs were up by 23 points in the, like, five or six minutes into the third quarter, up 23 on the Warriors at Golden State without Tony Parker. Oh, man. It's like... And then Kawhi goes down and they just lose that game and they just get swept, right? Because Kawhi is out the rest of the the series. Tony Parker is out the rest of the series. But if the Spurs are healthy, I don't know if the Warriors make it out of that series. Um, And even if they do, you know, it's very likely that that's a very good... That Number one, that the Spurs win game one. 
um, and that it's at least a really competitive series that goes like six or seven games, you know. So Spurs are a team, even if they don't make any moves and everybody comes back and if they're able to stay healthy, um, you know, the Spurs can compete with them. They will compete with them. Uh, the second team out west to really keep your eye on, um, I think, is the Los Angeles Clippers. Because, and you know, this one really depends. Like, they, the Clippers could end up, you know, really just trying to deconstruct their team and rebuild for the future. So it kind of depends what happens. They may be totally out of the picture next year, depending on what moves they make. If they get rid of Chris Paul, especially if they... If Chris Paul decides to j- j- straight up join the Spurs, holy shit, look out. I mean, if the Spurs just don't have to give anything up and they gain Chris Paul, you know, I would probably pick them over the Warriors. Um, but say that Chris Paul stays put in Los Angeles, um, that they make a trade, you know, get Blake Griffin out of there bring somebody else in, or even if Blake Griffin stays and the core of the Clippers remains the same and they're able to attract one of these free agents, man, I don't know. They Clippers will be looking pretty good if they keep the core and add another uh, star player. I think that they'll be able to compete with the Warriors. And then in the East, you have, of course, the Cavs. Who I'll, I'll talk about them in a minute. I'll, first, I'll just mention the team I think they can compete with them next year is the Boston Celtics who have the number one pick coming up in this draft they already have um, a really good sort of core Um, you know Isaiah Thomas was in the MVP conversation he's a great scorer of course he's a defensive liability but you know he's a great scorer Um, and then you just have a, a load of you have Al Horford, who's like another borderline star player. Uh, but then you just have like a load of really solid role players. So if you're able to keep at least some of those role players and you're able to attract, um, I hear that Gordon Haywood, I can't remember if it's Haywood or Hayward, um, from Utah, who just like shot lights out, played lights out in the playoffs this year. Um, I heard he's interested in Boston, so if he goes to Boston and Boston doesn't have to give anything up for him, you just add him, you know, that in and of itself isn't going to be enough to compete with the Cavs, but, you know, you do that and you make one other move, you know, Jimmy Butler's interested in Boston, Um, Paul George is also interested in Boston, you know, if you can, if you can come out on top, if you can get Gordon Hayward and you can come out on top of one other trade and get either Butler or Paul George there, you're going to compete with the Cavs and potentially with the Warriors, okay? Um, So that's the third team. And then the fourth team is obviously the Cavs. And there's just so much that could happen right now with the Cavs. It's it's really interesting to watch. Um, People are talking about Paul George going there. Paul George, of course, has said um, that he doesn't intend to stay with Indiana past next season. After next season, he becomes a free agent. So um, he's told them that, you know, he's not going to stay with Indiana after that season. uh, And he hopes to be in L.A. playing for the Lakers. And so 
in one sense, this is kind of a courtesy move, maybe, uh, because, you know, he could just play another season in Indiana and then choose to leave um, after that. But this way, you know, he's sort of giving them a heads up. And so they're definitely going to trade him, I would say, um, because if they don't, then they're just going to lose him after next season and they won't get anything in return. At least this way, they'll get something for him. Um, so, I mean, the, the thing about the Cavs, um, I mean, I think that people are saying that, you know, what if they traded Kevin Love for Paul George? Um, and I think that that definitely would be a trade up. Like I would make that trade, but that's not going to be enough to beat the Warriors. Like you're still losing Kevin Love, which like people hate on him, but like he had some big games in, even in this NBA finals in game seven and in all of the finals last year, he played pretty well. Um, so to me, it's like Kevin Love isn't a problem. You just you need another piece. Like so, if you if you trade Paul George for Kevin Love, fine. And I think that that doesn't you know that is an improvement. But like because Paul George is that good. But that can't be all you do. Like you need another piece. You can't just be like trading great players for great players at this point. Like you need to attract like a free agent basically. So. If you want to make that trade, fine. Or if you can somehow work out a trade where you don't have to give that much up for Paul George and you very clearly come out on top, um, then, you know, fine. But, like, the point is you need four stars on this team. And if you don't have that, you don't have a shot against the Warriors. So, you know... I think it'd be really interesting if they somehow worked it out and got, and they put, you know, LeBron running the point, Kyrie Irving at the two guard, Paul George at small forward, you kept Kevin Love at power forward, and then Tristan Thompson um, at the center position. Um, And so that gets rid of JR from the starting lineup. But I think JR Smith would be fire coming off the bench because you at that point like jr is a really good shooter he's like you know he's a scorer he gets hot from three so like you know they're asking him to do so much and he's he's a good player but like i feel like they're asking him to do more than he's like really built to do so if you just said jr you know we're asking you play a different role you know you can just come off the bench and it's your role to go nuts shoot the lights out you know that I think that that's what he's meant to do anyway he's you know he's probably not as a good of an overall scorer as Jamal Crawford because Jamal Crawford's taller he can get to the basket better but you just bring JR off the bench you know that'll help you um that'll help you big time so you know that's one direction that they could go another direction they could go is um because I don't know how you pull off that I don't know how you get Paul George without giving up some significant shit if you're the Cavs like at least Kevin Love if you don't give up Kyrie or Kevin then you're basically somehow probably gonna have to get rid of like a bunch of your other role players like Tristan Thompson or like whoever the fuck else um so another way that you go about it if you're the Cavs is to try and attract a free agent keep keep your team together but attract 
one major piece. And so if you look at who's out there, I mean, you could just Google free agents 2017 NBA and, uh, you know, you'll get a list. Hmm. I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a one really good fit, right? Like, it, it would be very interesting to me if Paul, uh, Chris Paul just decided to play for the Cavs next year, right? Because uh, he's a free agent. I'm not sure how that works, though. You know what I mean? Like, so that would mean Chris Paul at the point, Kyrie at two, uh, LeBron at three, Kevin Love at four, and Tristan at five, I guess. I guess that works. But at that point, it's kind of like, are you asking Chris Paul to become more of a scorer? Because, you know, he's not... He's like a... He's a facilitator, right? Like, that's his best trait as a basketball player is he's a facilitator. He creates shit for other people. That's also LeBron's best trait. So, like... I don't know. I've never seen two people on a team like that before. You know what I mean? Like, because Chris Paul can score. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, he's not like, and he's good from the outside. But, like, it would just be weird to see him in that role. Like, is he just hanging out on the perimeter now and LeBron's running things and he's just, like, knocking down shots? Or is he handling the ball more? And Because LeBron can't shoot from the outside. Like, he's okay, but, like. He's not great. You know what I mean? Or, or like, do you do some shit like Chris Paul and LeBron in, in a pick and roll? Is it, That's actually... I hadn't thought of that. That's a fucking scary sight. LeBron... You know, I'm, I've been a big supporter of LeBron. And it's not just that, like... I guess I am a fan of his, but, you know, I think I'm being pretty real. Um, I'm not just, like, blowing smoke up his ass, like... There's some things that I think he needs to learn how to do better. Like, why are you not better in the post? Why are you not just getting on the low block and overpowering people? You know, you're wasting all this energy driving to the basket. Like, just post up, dude. All you got to do is turn around and, like, fucking knock people over and, like, dunk it. Like, so there's that. Like, I think if he played more like a big man, that he could be even more effective. Um... So anyway, the, what got me thinking about that is that, like, think about how effective, like, John Stockton and Carl Malone were. Like, if LeBron became excellent in the pick and roll with Chris, like him and Chris Paul, oh boy, that would be some interesting shit. Um, so, you know, like, I, don't, I haven't heard anything about the people approaching, them approaching Chris Paul. Um, which I don't understand because, like, you're going to have to give something up to get Paul George. So, like, like I said, like, if you want to make that trade, fine, but you got to attract a free agent. That's what you need to do is attract a free agent. You can't compete with the Warriors with only three pieces. Chris Paul, so even if you got rid of, if you did make that trade for uh, Paul George and you attracted Chris Paul as a free agent, that's a pretty insane lineup. Fucking Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving, uh, Paul George, LeBron James, and Tristan Thompson. I mean, that's like a that's like a Warriors like 
lineup right there. Like, so I think that that's maybe the ideal situation that the Cavs find themselves in, trading up from Kevin Love to Paul George and attracting a, a, a major free agent uh, such as Chris Paul, which I don't know why I haven't heard anything. I mean, Chris Paul and LeBron James are very close. So maybe it's just that they've been talking and, and it hasn't kind of leaked yet. Um, maybe they kind of got something like that up their sleeves. I hope so, because otherwise it's not going to be a fucking close season again next year. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's just lots of possibilities. Um, and it's interesting to me that... I mean, I understand that Kyrie Irving is a much better offensive player than Kevin Love. But it's a little bit interesting to me that people are only talking about the Cavs trading Kevin Love and not at all Kyrie Irving. I hate to break it to y'all, but Kyrie Irving did not show up this NBA Finals. He played like shit for the first two games, was totally absent. And then he came back and was total fire for two games, right? Undeniable. Great performance on offense, games three and four. And then he came back in game five and was like totally below average. So, I mean, that's three out of five games that Kyrie Irving just straight up didn't play like a superstar. And that's just on offense because like every one of those games, five out of five games, he played shitty defense because he's a shitty defensive player. Actually, game four, he played good defense. But for most of those games, like, he was like an average to below average defender, right? So, like, you know, I'm not trying to shit on Kyrie. He's an amazing scorer. But he's, as an overall player, he's not up. Like, I would take Chris Paul over Kyrie <laughs> if they want to make. Like, I would be hesitant to make that trade. I don't I don't know about that trade just because, like, I'm not totally sure yet about, like, how Chris Paul and LeBron James fit on the court together. As, like, a pick-and-roll duo, they're amazing. They would be amazing. But, you know, can two people, like, co-facilitate a team? That would be the question. But, like, you know, in, in most other situations, if I'm thinking about as a franchise, do I want Chris Paul or Kyrie Irving putting age aside and just looking at those two as players, I would take Chris Paul. You know, Kyrie, at least Chris Paul's been, you know, he's consistently been in the playoffs. Kyrie hasn't done shit unless LeBron James has been on his team. You know, the Cavs were one of the worst teams in the league when Kyrie was their leader. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's just, so the Kevin Durant shit is just kind of creating this huge whirlwind. Um, around the league and so you see most teams either like kind of just submitting and saying shit I guess we're a few years away from being able to compete you know more years than we thought we were or you have like a small handful of teams that are uh, really trying to make some shit happen and so the major impact of uh, Kevin Durant at least on those small handful of teams is that it seems like people are going to be moving this might be the most exciting uh, NBA offseason in a while, and we've had some exciting ones in the recent past, so, you know, this one's going to get crazy, because, I mean, Paul George is definitely going to move, um, the Cavs are definitely going to make a move, 
Chris Paul is most likely, I think, going to change locations. Um, and you have a handful of other players like, you know, like kind of second tier stars in the league who are going to possibly move around like Zach Randolph. Um, oh, another major one, Jimmy Butler has expressed interest in moving around. That's an option we didn't talk about. Uh, Jimmy Butler going to Cleveland. Um, I guess they've already been talking with him, some of the players. So there's just a lot of shit going on. And, uh, you know, I guess I'll kind of leave it there. Um, and next time I upload a cast, I'm assuming that something is going to happen. Uh, the NBA draft is on Thursday. I don't know why, but, like, I'm just not that interested in the draft. Like, especially this kind of draft where it's, like, it seems like there's a lot of, like, really good players, but there's not a single player where coming out of college you know that they're going to have an immediate huge impact on whatever team they go to. So to me it's, like, not that exciting because it's just, like, I mean, it's it's like, yay, we'll see in, like, the next year to two to three years if this player will have an impact, how exciting. Like, that's not, it's like kind of anticlimactic. And so they're trying to create these other uh, narratives with like Lonzo Ball and Lamar, LeVar Ball. Like, like, I don't give a fuck about that dude. Like, why did, why does the media keep talking about him? Like, I don't even dislike him. Like, that's not what I mean. Like, a lot of people like try to discredit him and like, he's a bad father and he needs to like learn his place. Like. Like, the only reason that he's relevant is because y'all keep talking about him. Like, it's the same shit. Like, I'm not putting LeVar on Donald Trump's level, but it's the same thing as with Donald Trump. Like, he's only relevant because of the absurd shit that he's saying you guys keep giving headline space to. So, um, I was on Twitter the other day (laughs) because I had an epiphany that Skip Bayless... uh, Skip Bayless talked talks mad shit about LeVar Ball and just like always is trying to put him in his place and shit but I had this epiphany that Skip Bayless is actually just the white version of LeVar Ball because he's like the only reason he's relevant is because he's made a career out of saying absurd shit that gets picked up and put in headlines and that's the only reason that either one of them are relevant Mike drop the Step Back Podcast out see you next time